ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 168 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, or the DAP network, if you will, and I will, do something of a dapping, I don't know. Uh, twist with this one tonight, we're here with me, of course, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. We've got Rocky with me in the sidecar tonight. Rocky, how are you, sir? Hi, I'm actually here this week. Hey, <laughs> I missed you, Rocky. It's been a, a minute. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> nice, nice to be back as always. Uh, Andrew's our, our workhorse here. So here it seems like every single episode, even if he has to do it by himself. Um, but I'm happy to be here with you tonight, Andrew. Yeah, I started wondering, like, do you guys just not like me? Like, I'm just always <laughs> on my own, and then you two are doing it your own. It's just like, what is this the same? But no, it's just it lines up weird like that with the holidays and life, and I mean everything else. Just that's why I like having multiple co-hosts. It makes it real easy. Yeah. And with us tonight, we've got one of my favorites in the industry, one of my my newest friends, I guess I'll call you that, is uh, Dustin Ludkey. How are you tonight, Dustin? I'm good. I'm excited to be on. Excited to talk some football. We got the Chargers Raiders uh, game on. You know, I got the side screen going with it. The, the game. game. <laughs> I, I, 42 nothing is crazy right now. I don't This understand. is nuts. Yeah. It is nuts. I, I don't know if I should be happy or upset. Like, that's where I'm like, I, I don't have any of these players in, in any of my fantasy leagues that matter. Uh, I'm not playing against any of these players in any fantasy leagues that matter. I was telling Dustin before we started, like, I, you know, I expected a bad game, but not this kind of bad game. And I'm using yeah. bad very loosely because any football is better than no football. But it's more like I expected a 10 to 7 kind of battle and, you know, kind of like a defensive punt, punt, punt kind of game. This one has been very different and it already hit the over. So if you bet that, good job. <laughs> uh, if you had uh, Trey Tucker on your dynasty taxi squad, you should have moved him and started him, which nobody would have recommended. <laughs> he's got two touchdowns already so just it's a wild game but again that's what we love doing we love recording this during the thursday night game uh it's just it makes it more fun for us to watch and has something to do but of course if you're listening to this on podcast you already know what happened and we won't spoil it and well you probably have a better chance of spoiling it anyway but well, with that you, we're gonna although, go ahead Dustin. If, if you're watching this on friday remember this because we've complained all week about yeah. this oh mm-hmm. it's gonna be stick versus o'connell it's gonna be a junky game we complained about Zappy and whoever the other week, like Zappy and Drabisky, that turned, like These are good games. Like, is this fun? Yes. It's 42 points. You can't complain about 42 points. That's so true. This is why I play it. But everybody thought Vikings Raiders would have been a decent game, and that was 3 nothing. Like, we just don't know what games are going to be. That's why we play them. That's why we watch them. That's why the NFL is doing these over-the-seas games, which overseas games are great because yes. it allows more viewing times more football that we can actually watch. It takes basically an out-of-market 1 o'clock game, puts it on at a different time for us to watch. We watch them. You should watch them. You never know. That's what makes football fun. So remember this next time when we're like, oh, this game's going to be horrible. Remember 42 nothing at halftime. 
Well, I, the other piece I'll, I'll use that, and I agree with you 100%, but the other piece I'll say on this is this is one of those games that when we started the season, right, when you're looking ahead, you're like, this is going to be Justin Herbert versus Jimmy Garoppolo, yep. and like we know what's going to happen, and now we're 15 weeks in and chaos is here, right? Uh, it doesn't take 15 weeks for chaos to show up either, let's be clear. Like, there, there are so many matchups these last few weeks that are, you know, I, I think I had a tweet that was like, uh, I'll see your... Browning versus Minshew and raise you a Browning versus uh, Dobbs or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or Mullins, you know what I mean? Like Mullins. we're to, we're to these weird name matchups. Like this one is a prime Stick example. versus O'Connell. Yeah. Stick versus O'Connell. <laughs> if you'd have told me in August, we'd be watching uh, Aiden O'Connell light up the Easton stick led chargers. I'd be like, well, you're drunk. That makes no sense. But it's, that's how the game is. That's how it goes. There's injuries all the time. This year feels of course, like more than ever, but I always say that. Um, so part of me is just like, I'm just happy we have some football. I'm just happy we have something to watch that's not, I guess, not like a rerun. You know, I, not like reality TV that rots my brain. I'd rather watch this that at least engages me. That's that's where my head goes. So I'm entirely with you, Dustin. Yeah. I mean, but, we're yeah, we're going to get uh, Browning versus Trubisky again next week. We're going to get yeah. Josh Allen versus Easton Stick. We're going to get Minshew versus Ritter. Like, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. We're going to get whoever's starting for the Jets versus Sam Howell, who's <laughs> – been not so great but now might be good who knows like it's just yep. but that's what's fun and that's what we love about fantasy because you can pick up a jake browning off waiver and he can be a league winner for you yep and this i think shows more than ever in super flex leagues go grab those backup qbs like honestly like the value just goes through the roof for some of these guys i know there's a lot of logic in packing and, and you know stacking your your bench i guess with backup running backs but i mean running backs and qbs are way more important i mean no offense to trey tucker but like it's again like that rarely happens with receivers. It's much more frequent with running back and quarterback. Mm-hmm. In your super flex league, every Sunday morning, when you have guys that go out, slide them into your IR, and you should exclusively pick up backup quarterbacks. That's it. Bingo. Yep. Right. If you At slide them in, right. Yeah. If you pick, if you slid a guy in the IR, picked up Jake Browning, Joe Burrow gets hurt. All of a sudden, you have a starter. Worst case scenario, the quarterback doesn't get hurt. You drop him, slide the guy out of IR if he needs to, or you pick up someone else. That's what you should do well, every Sunday morning. I completely agree. And and I think, too, I mean, Rocky, you're in a bunch of leagues, right? How many of your leagues are you starting Jake Browning? Are you starting Easton Stick? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure it's more than one. You know what I mean? I don't know that it's more than one, but I do. Well, maybe I know, not now in the playoffs, because if you're yeah. made it to the playoffs, you're not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can tell you, I have, I, I talked about this on, on Trade Addicts earlier this week. I have a team um, where I have the three quarterbacks. I had Herbert, Cousins, and Kenny Pickett. And I'm the three seed. So I am starting, unfortunately, Easton Stick tonight and also Nick Mullins. So there you go. <laughs> I've been both off waivers this week. That's chaos if I've ever heard it. Um, yeah. There was actually in the league that I'm in, I, it's a contract league. Oh, there's a Devontae Adams touchdown. There you go. Thank you. Um, oh, nice. So another one, though, of course, now we're up to 49. They're, they're going for that Dolphins record. I know. No, but, uh, in a league that I'm in, it's a contract league, and it is, uh, I'm, you know, dominating the league. I'm, you know, 21 and one, I think, or something like that, 24 and one, or whatever it is. Like, I've only lost one against the media, and like, I've just been rocking. I've got Josh Allen and Dak Prescott as my QBs. I just made a trade where I sent a 24 third, which is eventually going to be auction dollars in a Debbie depleted draft. So, very little 24 third for Tyler Lockett, Joe Flacco, Bailey Zappi, and Drew Locke. And it was sent to me for a second, and I said, no, thanks. And then he was, he sent it again for the third. And I was like, you know what? How can I not do that? Now, I don't need any of those players, but now I'm blocking them from starting against me. So in my head, it was a defensive trade. I'm like, I'll send my third just to make sure nobody else yep. 
starts Joe Flacco against me and their quarterback need like all three of those guys are gonna could be potentially starters the rest of the season. They're not and, gonna have any value next year, but that's okay. I don't care about next year. I'm just trying to win now. And that was a blocking anyone else kind of move. But Bailey Zappi might start half a season next year. And honestly, Flacco looked okay. Like he's he's looked all right and manageable. There are definitely some teams that could use Flacco over, you know, a Minshew or something to heaven forbid. Like, or if Baker Mayfield goes somewhere else and they're looking at Kyle Trask, that might be like Joe Flacco, come on down. Like you never know. Honestly, you never know. The supply of quarterbacks outweighs the demand next year, but I think that just increases the higher end quarterbacks' likelihood of getting better jobs. That's yeah. a very good point. Yep. I completely agree. So I I think quarterbacks are a fun spot, and I think this week is gonna be bonkers we're, we're out of the buys we're finally done with all that and then finally. our topic for this week of course is the dynasty playoffs uh we talked last week with mike stoyanov about redraft and kind of pivoting into to dynasty and talking about some of that because and partially because mike was more of a, of a redraft fan anyway but it the season becomes redraft for most of the year and i feel like once it kind of gets into the playoffs you're either in or you're out and if you're out you should not have a trade deadline i know Obviously, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and I know you talk about it with Russ every week, uh, Rocky, about you know not yep. having a trade deadline. And, and I think that's where I love dynasty leagues that don't because it allows you to make trades like the one I just made, where it's like, yep. I, you know, I'm sending a, a late future pick that I don't really care about to block some people in the playoffs. That's awesome. Like that should be a possibility in every league. Um, so I guess some of the topics I put on the sheet, we can kind of wander through them. But Rocky, I wanted to start with you again. I, I know I've got a couple of different leagues that I'm in that I care about more than others, right? Heaven forbid. But is there anything you do differently in playoffs and dynasty versus redraft? Or do you just kind of go like same mindset all the way around if you're in the playoffs? Uh, what do you mean in terms of? Well, like, uh, do, you, do you do anything different in terms of trading or in terms of lineups or in terms of waivers? Like, do you do anything different in general, like in playoffs when you're in the playoffs as opposed to not making the playoffs and rebuilding? Well, obviously, the big difference is 99% of redraft leagues, you cannot trade in the playoffs. So <laughs> that's what you just said. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely I, I I probably try a little more active in the uh, playoffs. And, and it's funny because I used to I used to be uh, when I first kind of got into Dynasty Twitter, probably five, six years ago, I was a very staunch trade line deadline guy. Mm. And uh, I, I, I soon came to my senses and. And yeah, now I am definitely trading um, where I can. I definitely have some uh, teams I'm trying to make uh, make a push with. And uh, it's funny, and uh, it's funny too with like, especially speaking about the difference between redraft and dynasty, because I have a, a home league that's made up of a bunch of guys that we've been doing it for like four or five years now, but a bunch of guys that came from a redraft league, most of them that a lot of us were in. And one guy didn't realize the deadline is just before the playoffs. And he got mm. pissed. I made a trade today. So <laughs> um, he's like, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to make a trade. <laughs> well, the playoffs haven't started. What do you mean? Like, yeah, this that's, is the start of the playoffs. No, well, because today, right? he's used to redraft where the play right. deadline was like a month ago. So, uh, yeah, so it's it, trading is the biggest thing that came to mind when you asked the question. I don't yep. know that I handle much else differently um, as a manager. Um, I, I mean, I guess the only other thing I can even think of is is maybe going. Obviously, if you still have a decent amount of fab, I mean, if, if anybody decent comes available, I'm just throwing all in there. Like at that point, yeah. Like I, I know in that in one redraft, the only redraft league. I mean, I I did not do much on waivers. I'm in the playoffs, and I have like 80 bucks out of 100. So if if some running back that isn't on a team right now, like I, I'm putting like 
80, <laughs> 75 or 80 on that guy uh, if he becomes available. So that would be the only other thing I can think of. No, that's that's a good point. And I think too, if you're if you're in the playoffs, it's like you it's still still redraft. You know, like if you're in the playoffs, yeah. you're still going, you're still grinding, you're still paying attention. I think the biggest difference, and one of the biggest reasons I even got into Dynasty was that I hated that I wasn't allowed to play anymore. Yeah. Like that was by yeah. far my least favorite thing. When redraft, I'm just like, oh, I'm out. Like there were sometimes I'd be, you know, back when I wasn't very good and didn't care as much, I'd be out in like week eight and just be like, Oh, well, that sucks. Like I just lost that hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like, geez, like so yeah, it's it's interesting to me because it is still very redraft-ish, but the dynasty twist is kind of fun. So Dustin, I guess do you have anything you wanted to add to that? Is there anything you do differently in dynasty in the playoffs that you don't do in redraft other than trading or even more on that? Uh yeah, I mean it for me, when dynasty playoffs start, I, I'm I'm in a I'm in a off-season mode already. So what I do is I go mid-max. I'll go glass cannon. If you're not starting for me, <laughs> I'm trading you, right? Like that's yep. my mentality, right? I don't need old guys on my bench for the sake of depth because if someone gets hurt one week i'm probably out of the playoffs anyway now i generally won't trade to potential other playoff teams like i'm not going to trade to the one seed that i might face next round but if i can trade to playoff teams like if you want this veteran because you might want him for next year i might even trade to the first seed if it's a good enough pick but i'm just going these are my starters this is my lineup because i have no buys i'm sticking with these guys my bench yep. is free game, and I want to start stacking young players and picks as much as I can. And so I'm looking at at who's who's the free agent, who can I get off my team, or who might have some hype later on. And I'm just trying to sell them. Like I'm I'm hitting the market hard come come playoffs. To me, that's that's off season basically. Like that is yep. as soon as the bye weeks are over, I don't need depth anymore. I just need to stick with my start my studs and roll with it. Because if you had let's say Justin Herbert last week in the playoffs. He got hurt. You're out of the playoffs. Oh. What do you need to pick up Easton Stick? Like, you don't need a backup Bingo. quarterback at that point. You're out anyway. Trade them all away. <laughs> Trade them all. Get some picks. Get some young assets. Go from there. That's how I look at the playoffs. I'm I'm all about the trading because I want to get I want to start looking for next year already. That that's a good point with trading specifically. Not even just like moving bench guys for depth, but uh tearing up, consolidating more if you yep. can. Like if you can combine if you have 12 or like 13 starters in a 10 start 10 league, trade yep. two or three of them and see if you can get a get a stud or something like yep. that. And uh it doesn't even necessarily need to be an old guy. Maybe if you have two young guys and and a decent, you know, pick or prospect or something, throw them all together, get a better young guy. And hopefully, you know, like, like an Amon Ross St. Brown or something like that. If yeah. you have some other pieces that that could get you that. And, and yeah, I, start that looking was... at, I start looking at injury reports, like who's, who's out. Oh like yeah. Who, who can I scoop up and, and stash in my IR? If you come out of the season, your IR is not full in a dynasty league. You're doing it wrong. Right, or you're just, in a ridiculous league with a bunch of DGENs that everybody's doing it before you. But yeah, this is yeah. only two options. Yeah. And even if you pick up a guy that's a scrub, he's just it's a free roster spots. Yeah. I have a I have a league where we still have eight IR spots because we left them since COVID. I'll throw anybody. If I can pick them up, throw them an IR, like scoop them up, throw them an IR, pick them another, throw them an IR. Like I'll just stack that because it allows me to have instead of 30 guys on a roster, it allows me to have 38. Yep. And I'll take the potential of who knows what happens in the offseason because I don't have to adjust my roster until the Saturday before the season starts, I can pick up rookies and have 40 guys on my draft. Like I'll have that big notification on sleeper that says you have seven guys, too many on your roster. Don't care. You yep, don't need to do it matter. until I get to Saturday. Yep. Then I'll cut the dead weight. I'll let it yep. roll out as long as I can. Cause you never know what changes in draft free agency, preseason injuries. I, I want to have more lotto tickets than not. Amen to that. Yeah. And all of this is kind of getting to, 
you know, my main point and what I usually do anyway, too, is if I'm in the playoffs and generally speaking, if I'm contending, I'm trying to consolidate. And if I'm rebuilding, I'm trying to break things apart or like I need more upside. If I'm rebuilding, I'm willing to split a guy up into three guys with, you know, upward trajectory that maybe not even be a technically a fair trade or like, I don't mind losing a little value if the trajectory is going a different direction. You know what I mean? Like I'll trade one guy on the downturn who's worth way more than three guys on the up because in a year, that's all I care about is the value in a year. And yeah. we're all trying to speculate and make, you know, make profit on trades or whatever, but everybody's got a different mindset of when that profit is needed. And if you're contending, you need it now. Like you need, like you, you put it perfectly. Like if you've got 13 starters and a start 10 Rocky, you know, that that's exactly right. Let's go launch into some big trades. Yeah. And I think too, if uh, there are a couple of trades that I've made in, in past years where there is no trade deadline and the trade that I made on paper looks terrible where it's like I overpaid. But the guy that the one of the guys that I was trading away was just sitting on my bench. So even if it's an incremental like five points a week, you know, and I'm, I'm trading two guys that score 10 points for one guy that scores 15 points. Right. Something like that. Where it's like, why would you trade that away? Like you can get so much more. Like, honestly, I don't think I could. The time yep. frame is very short. You only have so many trade partners like it's you kind of have to make riskier moves in the offseason. And that's kind of where I wanted to hit on some of this, too, is like. If I'm contending, if I'm in the playoffs and I'm making moves, it's to add points to my starting lineup. That's all I care about. So I 100% agree with you, Dustin. Yeah, it's all about stacking those points and stacking for future. And if you can trade a guy who's, you know, if you can tear up, I'm all for that, right? Yeah, if if a guy's scoring you 10 points on your bench, he's scoring you zero points. That's exactly right. So it's, you take he 10 might as points, well be scoring you zero. 10 points yeah. and zero points for 15 points, I'll take it. <laughs> yep, that's actually, yeah, that's exactly how I look at it. And I think, too, I'm, I mean... Maybe to my detriment in some leagues, but I'm very willing to send picks if I'm contending. Yep. Right. Like that's that's the same logic. Picks aren't scoring me any points. I, I would much rather send a second and a player for a better player, yep. or a first and a player for a stud. You know what I mean? Like that that kind of stuff. And we're actually going to talk about that with our the one trade we have on the sheet tonight uh, is a perfect example of that. But the the logic that we're all getting into, and I'm sure everybody who's listening is already kind of familiar with this, but you know. It, the playoffs are obviously a different time and it's a, a sort of a different mindset. Some different rules come into play, and you have to kind of change your valuations a little bit. And I know sometimes that can be really, I don't know, tricky or uh, just generally difficult, I guess. So that's going to be, you know, not everybody's able or willing to do that. So that's going to be interesting to see as, as we get through these playoffs. And the only other, the only other question I really had on the sheet, and I think this is an interesting topic because we, we've seen some accountability tweets coming out, right? Some people are putting out their records and, how well they're doing. And I love Twitter or X or whatever, because it's one of those things where somebody does something that they think people will like, and then they get flack for it. And then they get flack for not doing it. And then they get flack for getting flack for doing it. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you can't win. You know what I mean? So just, just don't try. But generally speaking, the topic we're getting into here is are making the playoffs an indication of being a good dynasty manager. I, I'm going to argue that not necessarily alone, Right. Like making the playoffs is the goal. Winning titles is the goal. So I'm not going to say you shouldn't like not making the playoffs is fine. But if you have a valid reason, yeah, it's fine. Like if you're rebuilding and your team is just not set to win and or you just took over an orphan, like you, whatever excuse you need to make. Right. But logically speaking, if you're making the playoffs in every league, you're probably not playing in that many close leagues, like competitive leagues. That's generally what I think. And I, I know Rocky is, we talked to Scott about this, uh, Scott Sidlow, you know, formerly of the host here, where like people that have 30, 40, 50 leagues, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to make it in all 50 of them. That's just ridiculous. Like, how would that even be possible? Like, that's, 
Well, if the leagues are terrible leagues, I could do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if I'm playing with people that don't care or have checked out or, you know, just don't check in at all. Like, well then, yeah. But then does the record even matter if we don't know the quality of the yeah. league? So it kind of becomes this like, I don't know, does it matter? So I guess, Dustin, I'll kick it to you first. I guess, is that generally speaking, do you feel like playoffs are a good indication, not winning per se, just making the playoffs as a good indication of talent as a dynasty man? I say no. I agree with you. Like, there's so many other factors that go into it. We know you don't win your league in the draft. Yeah. We know you don't necessarily win in free agency. We know it's a combination of both. And then there is luck. So you where you have to avoid injuries, right? Because that <clears> can sink you. You have to be able to evaluate the right players. That matters. And I think for me, it's always process over results. So if your yes. process on these guys yep. is good, then that's fine. Right. You might get into a situation where you're, I'm in two dynasty leagues where I'm rebuilding. So I'm not going to make playoffs. And I knew that going in. So does that make me a bad dynasty manager? No, I rebuild. And I'll push back. I don't even know if winning championships is the point of playing fantasy football. I think having fun is the point of playing fantasy football. Well, I don't know if it's the point of playing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think having yeah. fun and <clears throat> communicating and like connecting with people, I'm totally with you on that. But I'm saying the main reason people play, like the, the, the goal the could be to have fun. But the yeah, the, the point of it, like what we're all really trying to do is to yes. win, right? Like if we weren't trying to win, then this isn't as fun. That's you know, winning is yeah. Fun. I don't I think I look at more points for as the, the game yeah, if you're a good point, yeah. dynasty manager or not, because there's gonna be leagues. Now that's why people want this point versus the median nonsense, which is just ridiculous. It takes well, the luck out of it. And what I was gonna say too, if you're in a good league, the last spot or two is gonna be for the highest point score that doesn't yep, make it sure record yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yes. So, but there, there might be a case where you are either you, you're in those leagues that have points for for the last two spots and you have a really good record, but you all of a sudden you don't get in because of points for, or you're in a league that doesn't have that and you have a crappy record, or but you have really ton points for, but you have a ton of points against. That's how I look at it. I think points for is the better gauge of if you're a good fancy player or not. Because for me, that says A, you're making the right lineup changes. You're making the right lineup decisions. You're picking up the right guys, starting them in the right weeks. You've managed your bye weeks well. That's what I like to do. I would love to see. I would love fantasy sites to give me a breakdown of each week points, like how much of my optimal lineup did I get every week to, at the end of the season, right? So my optimal lineup for the whole 15 weeks of the regular season, whatever it is, should have been 3,000 points, and I scored 2,800. So I've missed 200 points of the season. And get a good judge of that, because I think that's where I look at it, what's a good manager or not. Are you making the right line of decisions week in and week out, evaluating players on a weekly basis, not being locked into takes, not being locked in that this guy should start. You're looking at matchups, right? Your process is good. That, to me, values you as a good fantasy player or not. Uh, Dustin must not be in a lot of MFL leagues. No, well, I <laughs> I'm sorry. I like I, 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 yeah. I, my my internet should be from like 2010, not not 1999, like MFL is. <laughs> well, and the MFL does that, by the okay. way. Okay. Yeah. They 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 give you your efficiency over the entire season of your you know your starting lineup compared to what you actually could have scored. All right. Here's the deal. MFL. Now I know you're watching. <laughs> this I'm, is I'm an MFL podcast. Dustin, it's a pro MFL podcast. Here's the deal. Sure. I'm, MFL is is here in Madison. I'm gonna go to their office one of these days and be like, listen. Can we upgrade your website? Because it's like from 1944. Like, 
it's so outdated. Can we just update it and make it a little Listen, more? Easier? We, we can. It's Rock, good. Rocky. It Rocky, you take everything take, you need. Rocky, take a breath. I don't care I what Rocky, the interface just, is. We're not going down this rabbit hole today, guys. We're not doing it. I'm sorry. I, I really, I'm just joking. But if you want to, we can. But it's we, more we like you don't have I, a find me tray. We can just ramble about anything. I totally understand that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think also the the thing I, I to bring it a little back to the point. There are some times where. I think Sleeper, if I'm not mistaken, Sleeper does some things where it tries to see like uh, against your projections. I hate yeah. that. I hate projections that. are a guess. They're, they're a fart in the wind. I hate anything based on projections. And yeah. I think that's where, like what you're saying, and I think what Rocky was alluding to too, is MFL does based on what actual points were scored that you left on your bench, right? Yeah. I think, and I'm, I could be mistaken on this, but I think what I've seen on Sleeper is a lot of the times of you were projected for 107, you got 112, so you were 5% over your projected score. I don't care about that. Don't like that's, about I don't, don't care about that at all. I care about how well am I at making decisions as opposed to how well am I against guessing what the projections are going to be. I don't care yeah. if the projections are right. I care if I'm right. And that's yeah. where I'm, I want to target my own decisions. So that's to kind of hammer that point a little closer. That's what I agree with you. Like that's what's important. Yeah. And, and to get back to your original question, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with most of what Dustin said. And yes, points scored is definitely the most important thing. But like I said, in most of my leagues, if you score enough points, you're going to get in the playoffs. Like I have a TA eight team where i'm like six and eight and in eighth place and i, I made it because i was the highest scoring after the top five seats yeah. uh but i i would say and i would take rebuilding as i get that if you're rebuilding you obviously it doesn't matter these on teams you're trying to win i do think playoffs are an indication of being a dynasty manager i think championships are not there you well, go. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's why I wanted to clarify championships that are largely are a little more luck. Yeah, it's a lot more luck. I have a team I keep talking about all my teams. Uh, <laughs> I have a team last year that uh, dominated the league, 13-1. and one. Uh, I think I was about 350 points ahead of everybody else. It lost in the semis. Like, yep. don't tell me I, that I was not a good dynasty manager in that yeah. league just because I didn't win a title. But I did make the playoffs. And I think if you know what you're doing, you should be able to make the playoffs if you're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so that's that, a good that, point too. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if your goal is the one one and you get the one one then you're a pretty good dynasty one. manager in my book. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's the too. goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, your goal isn't to win. And I think sometimes people get really bogged down with winning like percentages and like ROIs and like the numbers and the money. And, like, but ultimately I, like you said it perfectly, Dustin, I'm in this for fun. I'm in this to ha like, to give me a distraction from the real world. Yeah. I'm in this to, you know, communicate with friends and talk about stuff and like have Literally, I'm, I'm in a, a, a fantasy league. It's a keeper league that I've been in for 20 years now. I would not talk to 10 of those guys <laughs> if it wasn't for this league. And we still have, you know, 50 text messages a day in that group thread. And we still communicate and ask about people's kids. And like, that's the connection that I think some people, I don't want to say forget or ignore. I don't think that's exactly true. But sometimes it gets like, it gets missed. Where it's like a good dynasty manager, in my mind, is somebody who responds to trades, who is communicating in the group chat, who is setting a lineup, like, those are what I would consider a successful dynasty manager. If you win money and win championships, great. Obviously, again, that's the goal is winning is fun. I get all of that. And I'm not saying you're wrong if you disagree with me. I'm just saying that's where my head goes. Yeah. And like having a having a good playoff record or like being in the playoffs you want to be in, like you said, Rocky, I agree with you. Like that's the goal. And then the luck takes over at some point. And you can't be considered a bad manager because you because you started uh Devonte Adams tonight because of course you did. He's only got one touchdown so far, but he's not Trey Tucker. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the luck factor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, how are we supposed to predict that? And there's no yeah. one in the right mind that was expecting to start Aiden O'Connell tonight. But if you did, you might have won your matchup. Like that's yeah. how crazy this is going to be. 
You know, that's the luck factor. But and over I'll, the course of a 12 or 13 week season, if you can make the playoffs, you're probably pretty good. You have filtered out some of that luck. And I'll say this <clears throat> redraft making the playoffs makes you a good redraft manager. Dynasty is also a multi-year thing. So don't come yes. at me and go, I made the playoffs in 12 of my 12 leagues this year, but then you miss them all next year and you miss them all the year after that. And you missed them last year. You have to be consistently good. So if you're consistently good making too. the playoffs, yeah, that is then I consider you be a good manager because dynasty is a multi-year strategy and league in and of itself. So redraft, you make the playoffs, you're a good redraft player. I'll get you on that. Like that's part of it. Dynasty, like show me you can do it year in and year out. Like I've seen in my dynasties, we have teams that consistently make the playoffs are consistently good. They consistently draft well. They consistently make good waiver pickups and good trades. That makes you a good dynasty manager. Not because you did it one time because once is a fluke. Twice is a pattern, three times is a trend. Like, I don't want flukes. I don't want a fluky manager who makes it in because they lucked out and picked up Aiden O'Connell and started him in week 15. Like, that's just luck. Show me you I, can do it. I totally agree. And I, I will add a little layer to that and just say that uh, this year, I feel like I've been luckier than any year ever. Like, I'm that guy that's like six and eight, but like not even like uh, fifth in scoring, but like I'll be six and eight and somehow end up sixth place and we don't have a points for tiebreaker yeah. or anything and i end up in the playoffs i'm like i guess i'm in the playoffs like i don't deserve this you know what i mean yeah. like i it's like what am i doing here so like i I've, I've actually i've got to be honest like looking at my leagues this week too and kind of getting things set up and seeing how the playoffs were lining up i was surprised at how lucky i got and i think that's part of the twist too is that sometimes you can somebody can get really lucky and it can look like really skillful and i don't think that's true all the time it can be true sometimes both of them can line up right um, but I think generally, if you're lucky, I don't know if that makes you a good dynasty manager because luck is the one thing you can't control and you can't consistently see. Right. And actually that I'll, I'll bring that into maybe like the last point. I just I wanted your opinion, because, again, I have an opinion and I want to hear what you guys say. But Rocky, which do you prefer rebuilding or contending? I know it's kind of a broad question. We're not getting into format. We're not getting into money. We're not getting into league. Like we just in general, which do you prefer in a dynasty yeah, I think if you ask like a big sample of dynasty managers, a lot of them, I think more than half are going to say rebuilding. Like, and I'm the opposite. I I I love winning, and I love the. Yeah. I, 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 I guarantee you, over half will say, "What do you like better, the the off season or the point scoring season?" Mm. And I like the point scoring. I it's that's what we have the whole off season for is for this. Now you and I Russ always love, battle about that. Too. Yeah, I love and it. I love this part. I mean, it's I love the the, the non point scoring season. I love the trades. I love the value. You know, just doing stuff for value. I love the rookie drafts, but this is what you do all that for. And I love seeing it come to fruition. I love winning championships. I love, I love the week to week. I, I just, wacky to me, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I, I can never understand the people who prefer the off season. I'm sure Dustin's now going to be one of those people, well, but uh, I just, not that I don't like it. I just, I would much rather um, be winning and scoring points. Dustin, what do you think? I mean, I do love the offseason because I love to trade, but I do agree. I love to win, and I think contending is a lot more fun Yes, in the right context for me. I want to contend because I won the offseason. I want to contend because I won the draft. I want to contend because I won on trades. I want to contend because I won in free agency and on my fab. That's how I want to win. And I think that starts for me. It starts in the offseason, right? It starts in my evaluations of rookies it starts in my evaluations of free agency and who i trade and who i don't trade who i'm trading away so i traded in the league last year and i got kyron williams in the offseason and people are like oh that's such you paid too much for kyron williams i was like 
okay, cool. And all of a sudden, Kyra Williams is going off, and they're like, oh, you have Kyra Williams? I'm like, yeah, remember when you all laughed? At-? And even someone brought up, they're like, remember we all laughed at Dustin for Kyron Williams? And now he's winning them games? I was like, yeah, I won. Thank you. Like, to me, that's feather in my cap. I won. That's me winning. I agree. Winning is, is much more fun. Contending is much more fun because that means that I've won the other phases of fantasy and dynasty. That's a, I like that too. It goes yeah. back to sort of what you said before about when we were talking about, you know, if it makes you a good dynasty manager, that goes to the consistency. And yep. it, it's even more gratifying when you can do that. And like, I have a league I run um, where I've made the playoffs the whole five years the league's been in existence. And it's, it's super gratifying. And I'm the one seed again this year. Like, you know, my team is obviously totally different than it was in 2019 or 18 or whatever it was. Um, but yet I'm still consistently in the play only one stinking title, but uh, <laughs> I'm consistently in the playoffs every year. Oh, so you must league. be a terrible dynasty manager. You only yes, got one title. Only one right? title yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to, to mention that it kind of all ties together there. Like uh, you, you, that's such a good point with the uh, well, year over the year other, in dynasty. Yeah. The other part of this though, is kind of back to the original point we made too, which was uh, it depends on what you define as fun. Yeah. You know, there there are some people I know that I'm I'm in some leagues with people that are just in a consistent perpetual rebuild. And like they they just seem to always be trading for picks and trading away points for picks and looking into the future and like, oh well, after week three, I'm 0 and three. It's worth time to pivot to the future. Like they just kind of I don't want to say give up too soon, but it just that's giving up before I would because the first one is the best chance, right? But if you're only playing three weeks a year which basically some teams are right yeah. after three weeks, you're three and oh, okay. Now I'm contending. That's, I don't think that's how it should be. You, you need more time, but all, all the people out there. And I know this is talked about on, on trade addicts and we've talked about it. Like you want to be the first to the post. You want to be the first one who decides to pivot into that rebuild. But if you find yourself consistently doing it and you're having fun with it, I'm all for it. Like if that's what you want to do, but I, the things I don't like is when I've seen some dynasty managers that complain about how they always have to rebuild. And I'm like, it's, your own fault. it's sort of like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, he's like the, like the, what's the sketch where he's wearing the hot dog outfit. Like, yeah, who did this? Like, I wonder who's doing like, <laughs> yeah. you did this brother. Like you, hit, you, you put the, the stick in your own bicycle wheel. Like, what are you, like, you're the one who's in charge of this team. You're the GM making these decisions. Like, I don't know what more you want from yourself. You know what I mean? Like go, go do something different. If that's not helpful for you, or if it's not fun for you. Right. So that's always what blows my mind is the perpetual rebuilders that are upset about how they never win. I'm like, well, maybe you should contend for a change. <laughs> yeah. And one other thing I want to mention this whole time, like rebuild versus contending and off season versus uh, in season. What if you're rebuilding, I actually think one of the most fun times to be rebuilding is during, during the, season. the playoffs. I was you just get such that, wacky yeah. values. Uh, on, on especially if you're starting a rebuild and you still have some of those veteran guys, you could you can get stuff you will never get in March or April. Yep. Or, well, especially with the injuries that we've seen, right? Like when Justin yes. Herbert goes down, and we're going to talk about that. But like, there are some trades that are happening now that we're going to look back on in hell, hell even two months, and are going to go what? Even How if you're talking trade minor at? deals, like yeah. you can get something for Joe Flacco right now, or Jake Browning. Yeah, yeah, try of get, yeah. getting something for Joe Flacco four months ago. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's and that's why I think you you strategically pick up backup quarterbacks. So, right, if you picked up, if you have Joshua Dobbs, you tra- you traded Joshua Dobbs and probably got a second for him yep. this year. Or Some, I held on to him and now it's worthless. Now again, it's worthless. Right? Yeah. So, right, if you capitalized on Josh Dobbs, you got a second round yeah. pick, which turns into a future flex play for you, and Joshua Dobbs is worthless now. Right. Yeah. If you picked up Jake Browning and then Joe Burgos, you could have flipped him for a second round. I did it a couple years ago. I picked up Colt McCoy and I had him. I had room on my bench for two weeks and then Kyler Murray got hurt. I traded him for a third round pick because I was rebuilding. 
And I was able to trade away, pick the third round pick. That third round pick, I think, turned into, I want to say, it turned into Puka. So, like, the oh. value there is yeah. crazy. That's, I mean, that's pretty, that's rare, though. Like, let's be clear, yes. not every player in the third is Puka, but I, I, I like your point. You're exactly right. Could, yeah. Like, every, and everything, everything you can add to your team is helpful. Because every draft pick is an asset. And I think people get lost in this, stuck in this, like, I have these draft picks. I have to draft well with that draft pick for hit. No, you have to use, utilize that asset the best you can, whether that's, drafting or trading it to yeah. move up or get players like yep. having more assets makes it easier for you to pivot however you want just because you have five first round picks in the 2024 draft doesn't mean you have to pick five players you can use yes. those to go out and get an amara you can use two and go get amara st brown like why not you don't have to necessarily draft and hit on all five players we talk about this all the time that like oh the hit rate on second round picks in dynasty draft is so low Cool. I don't necessarily have to draft with my second round pick. Why? Why can't I trade him for uh, a James Conner and get two years out of him? <laughs> why can't I trade it for a guy who's going to play in my flex? I don't need to draft someone and hope I hit. I can trade him for players that have value. Yeah, and I think that's the other part of this too. Is that, and kind of back to Rocky's point about the off season or the non point scoring season, and, and the moves that you can make there are all going to be speculation. There is no points. It, you know, yep. points don't matter. But right now in the playoffs, points matter more than they ever will any other time. Like now is the time to go get the value you can and and get those points off your roster and all that. So that's what I think is is so fun about the playoffs in general. Um, I think, I mean, again, we can talk about what we saw last week and what we're looking into this week. But I, I mean, Rocky, I know you don't like that anyway. But uh, it's also like there isn't really much to talk about, right? Like everybody's already paying attention. You already know what's going on. Like this is just, this is crazy. You know, this is going to be one of those things where as we get into the off season, as we pivot more toward that non-point scoring season, the week-to-week stuff doesn't matter as much. You should have your lineup pretty much set by this point. There are no buys to really worry about. Your roster should be at 100%, or at least as much as it can be, again, with injuries. Of course, it can't be. But I'm just saying, like, you shouldn't really need to be like, man, I, you know, well, maybe this is a little bit of a soapbox, but I don't really like or understand start-sit questions in the playoffs. People say, oh, it's for the playoffs. This matters the most. Who should I start? I almost always just say, well, who got you there? Like, who do you want to start? Like, you know, like, I don't want to be in charge of your team. Like, who do you think you should start? That's who you should go with. Like, go with your gut. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone with my gut and it stunk and it hurt and my gut got smarter. Right. And so then I'm like, all right, well, I got to learn that lesson. You know, I can't just lean on Rocky to tell me what to do with every player. You know, like, that's just not fair. Not only is it not fair to Rocky, but then if it works, I'm taking the credit. If it doesn't, Rocky's getting <laughs> the blame. blame. That's not okay. Yeah. Right. Like you have to own your own teams. And I think the playoffs are where some people really get over their own skis or just overthink it. And they start going, oh, my God, I really need to win. I really need to win. Like, no, you don't just start your best lineup. Give it your best. And that's the best you can do. You know, the game of luck is going to come into play here. And I've talked about this over and over. Everybody, if you've listened, I get it. But the luck is why we play the game. Right. Yeah. If, it, if it was so predictable and the projections were 100 percent accurate, I don't think I'd be doing this. No. Like this would be such a boring waste of time. So live in the chaos. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but just expect the unexpected. Like just go in with the mindset that it's going to be a little wonky. And you're going to see Pat Mahomes, of course, this week had a terrible week, right? He was expecting to win. He got you know, a, a ticky tack call, whatever. And, and it just blew up. And I'm like, part well, and I'm just saying, part of me is like, I know you're a Bills fan, Dustin. Ticky tack. I mean, come on. He was all sides. <laughs> he was off sides all game. And I think that's what makes it. I think I get some of the logic is that he was off sides multiple times and they didn't call it until then. Yeah. But at some point, don't you have to call it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it gets to be like a chicken and egg. Like, who was in the wrong here? The logic I'm going by here is you can't legislate all that out. You nope. cannot remove the human element from this game. So lean into it. 
and just be ready for it and just be like, hey, I might win a week by point two and then lose a week by point two. And you just kind of have to let it all wash over you, man. Just like be just let it just let it go, man. There's only so much you can control in this world. And I guarantee you, this is not one of them. Much as you want to spend time on it, it's not going to outcome 100 percent the way you want. Yeah. And here's the deal. Like when it comes to sit starts. For me, it's really simple. I look at opportunities. I look at matchup. That's all I need to do. I don't need to look at like the rate of the offense and air yards and all these acronyms. What are they doing lately? Yeah. What's the matchup look like? Yep. High volume, good matchup, start them. Low volume, bad matchup, don't start them. If it's one I, or the other, then you I make think you just solve it. Well, Dustin, that's exactly. <laughs> but I mean, even with that, you're gonna have guys that just don't pan out that have a good matchup and have good volume, and all of a sudden just lay eggs. That's part. That's that's the luck in fantasy football. Yep. But I think people get into this like these weeds of like, well, the weather and the home game and the dome and the and this and home road splits and I don't know. I posted. I posted. Now this is my second week. I posted the NFL narratives. I do birthday games, revenge games. I and love that. Like, yeah, dude, that tweet has blown up because people want that stuff. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, I can't wait. This is good. I'm like, it doesn't matter. That stuff. It matters a little bit. And it gives them a little extra money, but like that shouldn't factor into your massive of like, oh my gosh, now Zach Moss is like going to be the running back one because it's his birthday on tomorrow and his game's on Saturday. Does it give him a little extra juice? Sure, but you should be starting Zach Moss because of the volume and and the matchup. Now I go, okay, so I think he's a low end RB one. Maybe he's a mid range RB one because of his birthday. Cool. It's not a it's a tiebreaker, not a decision. That's a way to put it. Yeah. And I'll even say, like, I, I use a lot of that stuff more for uh prop betting than I do oh, for fantasy. The betting junkies yeah. love that tweet. I picked yeah. up almost 400 <laughs> Twitter followers and it's got like 200,000 views because the junkies got all over well, that. And they were like, Hunter Henry. I, honestly, oh, that got me that got me money last week. I bet on I mean, Hunter Henry. You, you, I saw your tweet. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm betting on Hunter Henry. It's his birthday. Like, and it, it worked was, out perfect. It like, was plus 750. So if you yeah. bet a dollar, you won 750. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm happy I, mean, I bet five. Won. I won like 40 bucks or something. I was like, hell yeah. Let me go. Let's, happy let's, for let's, it. Happy yeah. people that cashed on that. Like, and if, yeah. and I've said this week, right? It's Zach Moss. It's a D Hop revenge game. It's an Ayuk return to Arizona game. And I liked Irv Smith and then maybe Braxton Berrios. If you play all five of those in like a one dollar parlay, parlay, it's probably yeah. like probably a couple thousand, you know, probably a thousand bucks you can win. Like it's real good money. I'll be making a bet hit, after the show. Okay. That, that sounds like a good one. I like <laughs> it. It's just if nothing else, it's fun. And how many it's times fun. do we see those narrative things come off? I mean, honestly, that just as dumb as it is, it, it there's so many times where I'm like, how did I not see that coming? Of course, it's a revenge game. You're like, God dang, like it happens every week. every time. I love it. Yeah, and that's why I post them because it's just a fun. Again, it's a narrative, not a factor. Correct. It's a tiebreaker, not the decision maker. It's a feeling, not a fact, right? You yeah, know what I mean? Like it's exactly. just like it's vibes. I love vibes. That's what betting vibes should be. Good. You know, <laughs> especially long shots and parlays. I'm a big fan of that. All right. Well, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about regarding the playoffs? I feel like we covered a lot of good topics there, and hopefully our listeners are, are learning a little bit and understanding a little bit more about how to be better dynasty managers. But anything we missed, Dustin, that you can think of? No, I think in the playoffs. I look at how far do I really think I can go in the playoffs. If I'm the mm. six seed and I'm going to play the, you know, the two seed and then the one seed, like, and then that's thing you have to make some just like, if you just sneaked in, like you said, Andrew, like you made it. Cause you're like, I didn't realize I'd make the playoffs. Surprise. Yeah. You're in. Maybe you probably should just rebuild, like pack it in. Like you outseeded your expectations. It goes on expectations for the year. If I'm rebuilding and I know I'm going to rebuild, What's my expectation? If I was like, hey, I'm borderline and I make it, then I've exceeded my expectations. Let me go and just kind of be happy that I exceed expectations. Again, as long as you're having fun, then that year is successful. And here's the thing. We talk about money and return on investment. 
realistically, for most leagues, you have to win once every six years to break even. Don't worry about the return on investment. <laughs> like yeah. just win once yeah. and then just be happy that you broke even for six years. Yep. If you're like if you're in a $25 league and let's say the winner gets 300 bucks, like you have to win every like eight years to like break even. Stop worrying about return on investment and I made all this money and I was in this big cash league. What do you freaking do? Like <laughs> you win once, you're good. If you're spending a hundred dollars to be in a league, then obviously you feel comfortable that you can lose a hundred dollars. Don't exactly. be like, I won this hundred dollar league. The price of price of entry doesn't necessarily make your league better or worse. Correct. It's just what you're willing to lose and other people might not be. Yep. No, that's exactly right. Rocky, anything else you wanted to add about playoffs before we move on tonight? Or are we good? Um, no, I, yeah, I think we pretty much said it all. I, I do. I did like Ryan's comment in checks. I was wondering the same thing. Does Brandon Staley still have a job by the time we wake up tomorrow? Yeah, this is a good, this is a good pivot. And I, and I, I, I don't, I'll say this, my, my, uh, let's talk about vibes, right? Vibes. My vibes is he stays because this team has had so many chances to get rid of him. I don't know what makes this any different. They're because it's fifty six to seven to the Raiders. That's know, what but, makes it. Listen, different. I know, but they're they're five and eight without Justin Herbert. He's got all the excuses in the world. It doesn't like this is just not a good team. It hasn't. I been. think that Why, dude deserves to be fired though. He's shown oh, nothing I, that he's a good coach. I'm not facts say he should be. Vibes yes. say he won't be. That's what I'm saying. Like I just I get the yeah. I mean they don't have to do it today. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by the end of the year though. Yeah. Oh, here's what I say. He's, end of the year makes way more sense. He's done at the end of the year. What do you benefit by firing him tomorrow? Right, like you get a little more investment from your players, maybe. Maybe if you really think Kellen Moore is the future, maybe you do it so you can see. If you think Kellen Moore is your future coach, you fire him to see what Kellen Moore is for the last four games. But if you don't think Kellen Moore is a potential head coach, you don't fire Staley right now because you don't benefit from it. You don't get anything. All you get is, hey, we look like a crappy run franchise. You get that the owner is quick to make decisions. Like, just let it play out. I do so that I, more thing. I do think is a good point though. Like he is a potential future head coach. It might not be a bad idea to see what he can do. Yeah, if you think he's a future head coach and you think he could be your head coach, you fire him and let's see what Calamore can do for games. But your expectations for Calamore has to be low. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, ironically though, Rocky, right after you mentioned that fifty-six to seven, they got a pick six, so now it's sixty-three to seven. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. This it's just the embarrassment. Like, like, that was I a hell of a play too. The owners are just so like, like a first play embarrassed. Pick yeah, I don't. Like, I don't know what. I don't know what I would if I was the Chargers. I would have fired Staley a year ago. So like at this point, yeah. I'm clearly not the Chargers. That's kind of where my head goes. Like this is not a normal franchise. I might but fire again, him in the middle of the defense. fourth quarter here. Uh, well, <laughs> at what point did they mercy rule this? This yeah, is different than the Dolphins. This is like a bad, this is like a, a JV team playing a college team. You know what I mean? Like, this is like high school. This is just, yeah, like, at least the Dolphins are good. Like they yeah. have, you know, Waddle yeah. and Tyreek and HN. And that was more of like a, that was, I, I was the logic in my head is like, that was more of a push than a pull. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was one of those, like, well, they're just pushing for the win as opposed to this one. They're like getting pulled up because the other team's so bad. You're doing this to, to against friggin' Zamir white and Aiden O'Connell and Brandon Bolden and Trey, Trey Tucker. Tucker. And yeah. <laughs> and here's what I'll say. If you're in a league and you're in a dynasty league, put in a waiver for Max Duggan. Because I don't think Easton Stick starts next week. <laughs> I agree. We might that's see some Max point. Duggan do back-to-back national championships, like or not? No, that's the sense of better. But like, Max Duggan looked good at the combine. Like I think he's a value play. They're probably going to start him next week, so you can scoop up Max Duggan if you don't have a trade deadline. You can scoop him up now, and someone may get injured, and you can trade him for a third-round pick next week <laughs> or who knows he could be like the brock pretty style where he comes in and blows up and is everybody's name mm-hmm. in the offseason and you can trade him for a second in january you know what yep. i mean like you never know 
Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I know this was one that Chad put in the chat a while ago. I want to bring it yes. up because we're talking about it. But if you're set at QB, don't believe in neighbors and have Kyle Pitts. Do you trade away the 1.01 if MHJ, Marvin Harrison Jr., stays? Or do you just pull the ripcord on Bowers at 101? I guess this is getting more into Debbie than I usually like to get into. And we're still way too far away for me to answer with any sort of an intelligent sort of mm. thing. Cause we don't know landing spots. We don't know draft capital. We don't know who's coming out or not. Right. Well, so one this is a I, lot of ifs. One but, thing I can say about this question, cause he's saying if you're set at QB, which if makes you're me QB, super flex. I don't care if you're set at QB draft Caleb Williams. Yeah. Regardless. That was going to be my point. Like if yeah. you're set at QB, you still draft a QB. Like, I don't yes. think there's any reason you would skip quarterback in a super flex league like that at the 101 i just don't think that makes sense even if mhj is a, a generational talent and phenomenal the, the quarterback position we were just talking about the quarterback position is so valuable and receivers are somewhat replaceable and again i i hate to say that i'm not saying mhj is going to be terrible or anything like that but no don't don't reach for marvin and definitely go with the quarterback don't go with our best yeah but Chad i says he's too set at qb i just want to say it doesn't matter like a kit list, like especially a guy like K. Williams specifically is going to be worth so much more than one yeah. first round draft, draft and trade. trade. Draft yeah. and trade. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would trade. I would trade out of the one hundred and one. It's one QB. Hang on, one QB yeah. changes everything. Okay. One QB changes oh, everything. Definitely QB, go yeah. more. You don't draft definitely. a QB at one hundred and one. Definitely. Okay, so that no. makes so much more sense. So yeah, you're set at QB, as in you're correct. That makes t- that makes total I, sense. I would also say if it's one QB, I'm not drafting a QB at the one. I was just gonna say that too. Like, no, I'm not drafting a QB in the first round. Probably. He's yeah, saying he's saying then the 101 in a in a in a single quarterback is either Marvin Harrison. If he's not there, then it's yeah. Bowers or Neighbors. Neighbors yeah. is a 101. I think in that case, I'm still trading out of 101. I think either way, I'm trading out of 101 because I think you can move back to four and still get a guy in that tier and then pick up either a late first or an early second. That's what I did last year. I had the one-on-one. I was set at running back, so I traded out because someone wanted Bijan. I needed a quarterback, so I traded it back to three. It went Bijan, Richardson, and I took the gamble and traded from three to four, and I am still getting C.J. Stroud at four, but I picked up Will Levis. I picked up a second, which I think uh, I have to look back at who I got, but I picked up like a lot of value, and I picked up a first next year. All because I knew that I didn't want Bijan. I wanted CJ Stroud. I knew I could move back a couple spots and still be in that same tier. So I think if you're looking at a wide receiver, and as we get closer, we'll see the tiers. And I think it's going to be, I think that tier is probably going to be three receivers, and Brock Bowers is going to be that first tier for me in a, in a one QB league. So anywhere in the top four, I'm okay with. So if you can move back to four and pick up a first next year, and maybe a second or a late first this year and a second, go for it because I don't think the value drop off is that much because you're going to be in the same first tier. Well, and I'll, I'll even kind of add on to that and just make sure to remind you, don't trade now. Like there's yeah. no reason to trade your one-on-one right now. Like don't, don't no. just hold on because picks are accruing in value every minute. You don't trade that pick. Yep. It's going up. And the only time I really, I wouldn't even say panic, but the only time I really send offers if I have a one-on-one is either I'm sending a really ridiculous offer, like one-on-one for the one-on-three and the next year's first and the next year's for like, some crazy trade that there's no way they say yes to, but if they do, I'm happy. Or I'm waiting until I'm on the clock and then I'm sending the trade. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason to make a trade right now. Just don't, don't do that. But I get the logic. That's fair. If it's a one QB league, that does change some of it. But I'm just like, he's not even mentioning. I'm so used to super flex. Honestly, I'm only in like one, one QB league anymore. So my brain just like yours, Rocky. I was like, well, no, you got to go. Um, Well, yeah. And he said, 
with we didn't talk about QB, that. which is what made me think that, like, the fact that he prefaced it by talking about QB. How did we not see that? How did I not notice that till now that Jacoby Myers threw that touchdown pass to Devontae Adams? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that either. <laughs> but honestly, that's how wild this game is right yeah, now. Uh, we are going to go to our next segment, and one of the last, I guess, technically, which is our Listener League updates. And again, I know, Rocky, you're not a huge fan of these, but I want to give the listeners some love. <laughs> they, they follow us all year. The least we can do is, is give them some love. I don't mind these. I, I, I did it the time I was hosting. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, but also, th- there was only one trade this week, and this is on topic with what we talked about before, and it was in Dynasty Junkies 2, um, which hurt me a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, so w- Dustin – sorry, Dustin, geez. Justin Herbert and a first for Jalen Hurts. And in Dynasty Junkies 2 and 3, it, it, we allow the, uh, the, the one seed gets a buy – the second seed then gets to pick their opponent. The third seed goes next. And, and so you get to pick your matchups in those leagues. Yeah. So I picked Dynasty Mercer, who is the one who sent Justin Herbert in a first. I thought, you know what? He's got Herbert. He just got hurt. Like he's going to struggle to find some replacement. Like it's not going to be that great. So I was the second seed, I believe. And I picked Mercer. And then he goes and trades for Jalen Hurts. I am unhappy. But that is not a reason to not have a trade deadline. This, this, this was an entirely legal trade. Yeah. It was before the, the week started. But this is exactly why you have a trade deadline. Or sorry, why you don't have to. This is exactly why you don't have a trade deadline, right? This is because it's in the playoffs. It matters. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm also looking at it like, my goodness, this is going to be a, a lot tougher week. So I guess, Rocky, when you saw this trade come through, I know you weren't worried about me. But what did you think of the trade in general when you saw this one come through your email? I think it's a really good trade. I, I I get from both sides. I actually you really too. like the Herbert and the first side, though, because mm-hmm. um, I mean that team is uh, not a playoff team, obviously. And <clears throat> I, I mean, especially this year, there's definitely a drop off from Hertz to Herbert. Uh, yes, but we've seen what Herbert can do, and uh, maybe firing Staley will help, as we were talking about. <laughs> and, and they bring Could in an hurts? offensive <laughs> coach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and you know me and quarterbacks anyway. I I love the idea. Uh, if I could, I have I have hurts in quite a few leagues because I bought him um, before he really became the Jalen Hurts he is now. Like after his uh, second year, I think where he was. Oh, you were you were on the Hurts train early. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I, I'm sure some people thought it was Homerism, but it, and maybe a little bit that was in there because I am an Eagles fan. But I, I just saw the potential there, like you know, the way he can run the ball and he's improved as a passer year over year, pretty much every year um, going back to college. So anyway, that's not really the point. Uh, Just that I just, again, this is totally the thing I like to do. Like I would, I would move Hertz for Herbert in a first. I I love to tear down a quarterback and you're not even tearing down that much. Yeah. And this is potentially if, if Mercer loses to you, this is like the one Oh eight. I think. Yeah, it's like a mid. It it's would be a fourteen mid team league. So, and that's why it was his own. Yeah, it yeah. was his own first, right? So that that's part of the 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 algorithm on this is you're sending points to a team that you're getting the pick back from. So in theory, you're hurting. In theory, again, you're hurting the value of that first round pick by making this trade. So I'm. I'm you've got to take that into account or whatever. I'm with you though. I I still would. If I'm not contending, I don't want hurts. There's no reason. I give me the extra pick. Give me Herbert. Give me the upside. So again, I, it, this was one of those trades that I saw it and immediately I was like, oh, that's a fair trade. And then it like, I don't know, an hour went by and my head was like, wait a minute. 
that's not good for me. Like, oh crap, yeah. I picked and, Mercer. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, it is a fair, even though I keep saying I want the Herbert side, like I, I get it from Mercer's side. I, I wouldn't yeah. want to pay up that much, but yeah. it's great for him. Hurts is Hertz is, you know, fantastic. And I, you know, now that he's not playing the Niners and Cowboys, I think he'll be yeah. a little better too. Um, these last few games during the playoffs. He's got like the Seahawks and Giants and the Cardinals or something like that. So uh yeah, I I I, I love it for Mercer, but I also would rather have the Herbert side. What about you, Dustin? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think I would want the Herbert in the first side. I think the tear down, it's not even that much of a tear down from Hertz to it's Herbert. It's in a tier in some places. I mean, depending on how you rank. Yeah, the I, think, you know? I think the true fair deal would have been Herbert in a second for Hertz. Um, but I mean, if you if you need Hertz, you need Hertz. Like, that's what you got to yeah. give to get Hertz. Like, you need the points because you lost Herbert. So I think Mercer getting Herbert, if he's you know basically out, is fine. And you pick up that first. I don't have a problem with it. I think it does play into this whole, like, where they're at and what that pick's going to be and what that looks like down the road. But I think it's a fine trade. I think the Herbert in the first side is definitely worth more than Jalen Hurts. But, right, it's production now versus no production now. Well, that's exactly why trades need to happen in the playoffs, because this is the kind of trade, even in six months, you might look at this and go, holy crap, you got a whole first on top of Herbert or, you know, for Hertz, you know, like that's a crazy amount. And then it might be the other way entirely. We don't know. But yeah, and also, if, no if, uh, if Mercer, if this does pay off big time for Mercer and he wins, that that could be the 114. It's his own first. It's true. That's the, exactly uh, right. 14 team league, which would actually be what we think of as a second because we are, my, my, my brain yep. anyway works in terms of 12 teams. Uh, yep. So it would basically be an early second. Uh, so it's it's uh, it could work out even better for him if if Jalen Hurts goes goes bonkers here and, and helps carry him to a title. Well, again, I've, I've got a couple shares of Hurts in leagues that I really need to win this week, so I, I'd be okay with it as long as I can <laughs> still somehow win in this one. But yep. uh, no, I thought that was again very fair trade. And <clears throat> sorry, and again, I'm, I'm very nervous for my week now, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's what I love about the uh, the picking your opponent. You're all choked you know, up over it. I can. Tell. I know. I can't. For some reason, <laughs> just can't get. Just my, my my body is telling me no. Like this is terrible. Um, but no, I love that the draft that we do, right? Where it's like you get to pick your opponents. I think that's a fun little wrinkle, yeah. and it makes oh, it that's a little cool. bit more like personalized I, in a sense. I do like that, that in all my leagues that I run. The, the yeah, that's a cool twist. That's playing that week gets to pick their uh, pick their. Well, I also uh, just a little tiny little commish type thing. I uh, there's a lot of we talked about it earlier. There's a lot of leagues where you, the six seed is points. Right. I think that makes it more fair for the three seed because sometimes it's not fair to the three seed if you have to play that team and they might be better than the five or even the four seed if we're going by points four. So you get to pick your opponent and uh, you don't necessarily have to play that super high scoring team. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's another reason I like to do it that way. Well, and while we're talking about this, what are your thoughts on potential points? I'm not a fan of potential points. I personally, I feel like that's more of like evaluating your roster and it, it takes lineup decisions out of it. And I don't know if that's entirely fair. Because sometimes, I, for myself anyway, for a while in a lot of leagues, I just wasn't really focusing on the lineup after a few weeks, or like my it was a you know rebuilding team or something. I'm like I don't really care, but because I was potential points was how it was sorted. I got the 105 instead of the 103. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, why are we doing potential points? Like, I, just because I didn't set a lineup, well, that's wise to get you active and all this. It wasn't like I was setting bad lineups. I just was making more riskier plays. Where I'm like, potential points doesn't have anything to do with setting your lineup, though. That's why I like well, points. Well, that's true. You're incentivized to set to set a lineup because I'm thinking of the sleeper potential. Like the sleeper potential is like all your points. Like it's your bench points and everything. Like that's the the total points is maybe what yeah. I'm thinking of. Not potential. Well, that's what MFL does too for potential points. It's all your. Well, points. But, yeah. 
I'm just saying, like, I don't want my bench to impact my draft position. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, see, I then I'm total opposite of you. I think yeah. your entire roster, it, the potential points reflects your entire roster. The worst roster should get the number one pick. Right. Regardless of if you set bad lineups and you end up with a worse record because of that, that to me doesn't mean you should get a what worse I'm, pick. The no, worst what I'm saying, though, is there are leagues, I agree with your logic there, but there are leagues where Trey Tucker goes off on my bench because that was the smart decision to bench Trey Tucker. And now I'm getting dinged but what for do you it because he's Trey Tucker and that doesn't have any. You had him on your roster. That's the problem. right. He's on my roster. That's what I'm saying. He's on doesn't my matter roster. Whether you started him or not. But it, this is a fluke. There's no way this makes any sense. You know, so like this happens over and over and over. Like I get what your point is, and I'm not really arguing. Well, and that, I, everyone likes to make that argument. Every single manager in your league has a Trey Tucker game. No, I, I understand that. I understand that. But so I'm saying it, like the, it's all a wash. It I know. I know. Just, I know. It, it annoys you if you if it happens in week 17 and it costs you the 101 instead of the 10. You get the 102 instead so of what the I was literally just saying was the 105 and 103, and that's what right. I, I, I've seen it happen all directions. I agree with you, and I was just saying like we're not taking the human element out, but potential points just is like I know it takes too much of the luck out. I guess is what I'm saying. Like the luck in lineup setting is is something that I think needs to be rewarded or, or not rewarded but it also like if your league is something where you're getting players that are starting like uh do is it dugan is that his name i don't even know the Next guy. Duggan, like, yeah the, like let's say somebody started Duggan this week right you're like okay well that makes very little sense like that's not great so in that case potential points probably makes a lot of sense but yeah. my thought is more like potential points can sometimes yes it does come out in the wash but if i'm rebuilding and i have a bunch of young receivers on my roster they're technically that makes my roster better i agree yeah. with you but also, like, they're not in my lineup. They're not good enough to get in the lineup. Nobody would ever be starting them. And the starters are, we were just talking about starters are all we care about. So, like, the better starting lineup is really more important than the total roster. But I, I see both sides. I see, I do. I see both sides. And I also, I'm not I trying to argue too much. That. I think your entire roster should, I think it's fine that your draft pick reflects your entire roster. And like I said, I, I, hate, I hate the argument that player, crappy player X or not, you know, low end prospect X went off on my bench and now it cost me, it cost everybody the entire year. So I, 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 the lineup setting thing, I get your point there that maybe you want to factor in how good of a lineup setter you are, but I, I don't like having lineup manipulation. Like I, yeah, if, if it, to just, I don't like people getting better picks because they I, I hate they people not their best lineup anyway. Yes. Well, and so I that's where I'm, I'm pro tank though. for that. I'm pro tank. Like, I feel like if you want to get the one one and you want to show us a, a no, crappy I, lineup, I, that's fine. Go for I'm it. pro rebuild. I'm not pro well, tank. I'm pro tank in the sense of if that's your plan to rebuild and you want to donate your, your money this year, then I'm fine with it. That's how I am. And again, I'm not saying you have to agree with it. Just, that's where I think we disagree a lot. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. But like I, I am definitely pro rebuild, but I'm pro anyway. But again, it, it, why, it comes out on the wash. Didn't you just say that? Like, it, 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 I'm playing not every if, team. Not if you decide to do it mid-season once you're out of it. Well, sure, but also there it could affect me one year and not the next year. We're like, arguing it's... back and forth. Let Dustin talk. I <laughs> I agree that I don't love potential points because I think it hurts. Well, I guess it helps people to have <coughs> injured players if you don't have a lot of IR spots. So if you have Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas from the Patriots, who's been injured, and you, let's say, don't have an IR spot, he's on your thing, so you don't have a ton of potential points because he's not playing. Um, I think it takes that out of it. It takes out the, let me get these, let me get a rookie quarterback that might be sitting for a year. Let me get a Will Levis. What's his potential points first half of the season were nothing because he wasn't playing, but you like his potential for the future is different. I am not pro-tank. I think you should have to set 
the a least competitive lineup. You shouldn't be able to to start Will Levis in week one when he's clearly not starting. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to start clear and obvious like, hey, this guy's not even playing and you're benching. You shouldn't be able to bench Stefan Diggs because you don't want to start because you want to lose. Like that's not that's not okay to me. That's that's upsetting the balance and competitive balance of the league because <clears throat> you're right, Rocky. There's going to be guys that six weeks in go, I'm out. I'm just going to start. And then those first six weeks, people were playing a good team or an okay team, and now the other weeks are playing basically crap. Yeah. You and shouldn't that, be able to do that. And that's just I gonna, agree with that. Keep going. I just want to mention too, though, that um, that's part of the re- that is why I'm such a big pro potential points guy is because i'm a very anti-tank guy like hmm. if you're doing potential points there's literally zero reason to do that where you start will levis that's no that's what, not giving you any points because it doesn't matter correct no what i'm saying is more like i'm, I'm making trades like i said before I'm, I'm sending away one good player for three guys with upside right like I, that's my point in the tank is like i'm trying to trade away points for future potential but that future potential comes in earlier and I'm not starting those players because let's say I've got nine receivers for three slots or something, right? Like I can't start all nine of them. I, starting points is all that matters in championships, right? So like, let's say I've got six receivers on my team. Yeah, my roster is better, but I can't start them all. So like, what's the point? They're zeros. We were just talking about that, right? A zero on your, a 10 on your bench is a zero, but not for potential points. It counts for potential points. Like, I just feel like it's too inconsistent. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I want, I, I want to, I want to reward lineup setting more than deep benches and having a good bench. I think having a good bench is great for your future potential, but I don't think it should matter into your, into your draft pick because I, I don't want, if I, I think rebuild should take two years. So if I'm in the first year of a rebuild, I might have guys who aren't going to play this year, but that might be good next year. And I don't want to necessarily be rewarded because of that. I want to reward it because I don't have a competitive lineup. So I agree though. I'm anti-tanking. I think that's why I love loser punishments. Like I think that's super oh, yeah. important to like yeah. keep people from tanking or at least make it less less fun. Less I mean it's still fun for yeah. everyone else. Yeah, less attractive for them. I do think there's that needs to be that balance of like, hey, I should be able to have Will Levis on my bench and not start him for six games and not have that be rewarded for that because it's less potential points so thus i get a better draft pick i think there needs to be the bounce that but i think you can well, go either the, way. you also have people that trade for ir players and now they have zero potential points yeah. okay so that helps them because they traded for this future potential but they can't score points so i'm just saying like there, there's no right answer that's i'm not trying to say i'm right i'm just like that's where my head goes like that makes the ir players a lot more valuable well is that what we want maybe you know i'm just but I think ultimately it comes down to the thing we always talk about. It takes good managers. That's I don't think it got. makes them that much more valuable. But anyway, I think well, there's a lot more point. pros it's, it's to true. potential points than there are negatives. And there's more negatives to some of the other ways of doing it than there are positives. But yeah, I'll agree with me. you on that. I'm, I'm not even <laughs> saying it's 100% anything. I'm just saying like there is something to be said. Like there are times where I'm like, we're all setting good lineups and nobody is really tanking. And yet my bench is, is changing my draft position. I don't enjoy that. I'm just, it's just something your I don't team enjoy. is changing your draft position. No, no, no. It's not, it's not. Te- yes, you're right. It's but your it's, team. But then why aren't we doing potential points for the whole season? Why aren't we doing like whoever score, my bench should score points in the playoffs then? Like, let me give it my whole team. Who's got the best team, right? That's all that matters. Yeah. Huh? That's not, that's not the same thing. And I do think there's a point like, what if you just stack your bench with. Also with the injury defense, thing, you get a lot it, more potential points. It, I hate the compare things to the NFL, but if Jalen Hurts goes down for the year, the Eagles are getting a much better draft pick. So I I don't see how like this argument about oh well, if guys get injured that doesn't that doesn't hold a lot of water to me. 
this has been a great discussion. I've enjoyed all of this. Uh, I think that's I am, something I, did I am not so pro productive points. It's not even funny. That is so, something yeah, I did not I'm expect. I'm going to argue it until I die. So I know, and I didn't realize that, and I've opened this can of worms. Um, I will. I will end with this. Thank you so much for coming tonight, Dustin. I think we had a great time chatting it up. It was a blast. Uh, where can people find you? What are you doing these days? And uh, I guess what are you looking forward to in the next year in the fantasy space? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the D Unit Thirteen. So T H E D U N I T Thirteen. Uh, you can find all my content there. I don't have my own podcast. I just do guest spots on great shows like Dynasty Junkies and everywhere else. Uh, I've got a few that are in the can that'll be coming out in the next uh, days and weeks, months. Um, so that's the best place. I do stuff at DynastyProsFootball.com. I'm the content director over there. Um, I help out with QB list. I'm our sit start director. So every Thursday, our sit starts come out. Uh, we still do them every player, every game. And we give you not just sit start, we give you a range. So we all say, hey, we think Devontae Adams is a wide receiver too this week because that means he's going to score between 12 to 15 points. Um, same thing with quarterbacks, running backs. We have a range that we give you. So we if we say we're going to be this guy. This is the range that you can expect based on PPR scoring. I do some stuff over at Dynasty Nerds. I help out with front office pros as they're growth and planning strategist. So I hop on videos when they need me. So I hopped on one last night because one of them was sick. Uh, really, I'm looking forward to this offseason. I went to the draft and the combine last year, planning on going back this year, kind of cover those on site, which is always fun to kind of meet the prospects, get to know them a little more as people, uh, kind of know their personalities where I fell in love with Roshan Johnson and Zay Flowers based on their personality, not so much their play on the field. Now their play on the field just backed it up, but their personality mm-hmm. made me want to cheer for them even more. Um, and just kind of looking for the offseason, kind of, take a little break between Christmas and new years and then hit the ground running as free agency hits and combine and draft and that whole off season. So, and then we'll see what next year has for me. I'm growing. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, I'm trying to get to 7,000 by the super bowl. I'm about 200 away. So I'm looking forward to hitting that goal and uh, just keep pumping out content. I'm available to help out. My DMS are always open, willing to help out with dynasty questions, sit start questions, trade questions, whatever it is. I'm here to be a good resource. That's my goal is to be a good resource to, those in the community, whether it's experts, fans, players, whoever it is, if you need something, I'm here to help out. Love it. No, I love it. And you do do a lot of stuff. I always see you on Twitter. We're always engaging and talking about stuff. Obviously, it was great to meet you at the expo and everything. Yes. So, yeah, appreciate you coming on. Obviously, it was a, it was a great time. We had some good discussions. Like, this was good. We, did. we didn't talk about players much at all. It was awesome. Um, with that, we are going to get out of here for the night. Thanks for coming into the chat if you were in there. Thanks for listening if you're listening in your earballs and whenever Rocky puts this up to do that, right? <laughs> Uh, you can follow us at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. Uh, follow us on YouTube, on Twitter, of course, or X, again, whatever we're calling it. Uh, you can Twitter. follow it's me. It's always at Twitter. In- it's always going to be Twitter. It'll yeah, always I, be Twitter. I, I'm fine with that. I, I just never, feel like I, I have to say X. I feel like I have to say X because it's like that's technically where it goes now. And it, I, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, I'm at Andrew <laughs> Hall FF on Twitter. Rocky is at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on there. I mean, we're always glad to help and, and do anything we can, but definitely give us some subscribe rate and review kind of thing. You know, if you have some thoughts, you want to send your uh, team in for find me a trade. We didn't do that this week because of playoffs and stuff. We're not going to do that next week either. I think I'm a solo show next week too. So yeah. it's going to be helpful for me for one last thing to do. But uh, with that, Rocky, why don't you get us out of here for the night? Yeah. As always want to give a shout out to the chat. Um, Chad, Jason, real 
uh, who's who's in our Dynasty Junkies three league. I believe we're playing him this week. We are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan, everybody in the chat. Also, got to give a shout out to Easton Stick, who's now put up two fifty <laughs> and two for my playoff team uh, <laughs> in garbage time. Uh, so it. I got to thank and, him for that. Close to scoring again. So okay, let's, let's see touchdown number three, Easton. Um, and also, obviously, I want to also thank Dustin for coming on. It's been a great show tonight. Loved having him here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it. So I will end by saying junkies out.